0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete, and we're coming to you live from a couple of different places on the internet. We're live over at Crowdcast. We're live over at YouTube. Or YouTube. maybe you're listening to this later over on a podcast. However you're listening, however you're watching, thanks for tuning in today. Thank you. And most importantly for the day, Pete, live long and prosper, baby. Live oh, long. You got live it. Long. Oh, uh, prosper!
1: You've... run you've, to bebop?
0: Uh, what were what, what you on? doing for today? Were you... Uh, I know you engaging? know what day it is. I know
1: you know what day it is. I don't it's, know why you're May, you,
0: May, early, Earl Grey, May, hot. <laughs> what? That wasn't even Star Trek related. I mean, it was kind of, but it was very tortured. Yeah, yeah. So what's the
1: deal? Are, are you... Protesting you, you think Star Wars is overrated? What's your nerd deal here with this?
0: I, 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 you know what? I honestly, I think the thing is, I can't even do this. I can't do this bit beat. Good, right here at the top I'm, of the show. I I'm glad it. to hear it's it. making me honestly physically uncomfortable to do this because I like Star Trek. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but. I I like Star Wars.
1: Ah, oh, the, the big Star Wars
0: reveal. The big Star Wars reveal. Yeah, that's one of your favorite t-shirts. You wear that a lot. It is. It's very comfortable. You can see because it's completely worn through and you can see my chest hair there. Uh, I also brought oh. uh this is my first R2D2 to the show today. <laughs> You're Ever. bringing He's in good l- shape.
1: Yeah. My that's first R2. Like a
0: 1983. How much do you think I could get for this Pete? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. You're going to uh, keep
1: that hat on, though? You're just going to. Yeah, I mean, hat. at
0: this point, it's too late. You turn it I, If I take this off, something? it's just going to. Oh, like a cool dude?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, like if Justin was
0: here, oh my God. I got get... Darth Tater with me. Well, <laughs> that
1: doesn't <laughs> seem right.
0: Wait, and I also. This one other thing, and then we'll. Uh, we have.
2: A Did you get a, uh,
1: a
0: Star Wars tattoo? Is that what the third reveal is going to be? Yeah, and I'm going to take off this shirt. What? No, no, no. What what would be the worst thing that would happen if I took that off? Would it be Darth Maul right here or like Watto? Just a giant Watto on my chest? (laughs) Uh,
1: Jar Jar Binks. Yeah.
0: Now I have uh, this lightsaber that I got at Comic-Con in 2015. It's a little worse for the wear, but it was at the panel where they, which I didn't get to go to the panel where they revealed all the stuff about Force Awakens and I was so bummed because I was sitting in an office, like fifty feet away, he's just hearing Ooh. the screams from Hall H, and I was like, "This is
1: so absolute close. torture.
0: This is horrible torture right now." And my writer kept texting me saying, "Hey, I don't know what's going on. All these stormtroopers are taking us to a second location," and I was like, "That sounds dangerous." Yeah. But also, never go with on, a stormtrooper to a second location. Everybody knows that. You always say that. Yeah. And it turned out what they were doing was John Williams was conducting a Star Wars concert. Wow. With the San Diego Philharmonic, all of the actors from Star Wars were there and were hosting and they gave out these lightsabers and what happened was somebody sent me an email being like, "Hey, we have an extra ticket. Do you want to go?" And this the the place where they were doing this was probably about a half an hour away. Mm-hmm. I got there and I swear to god, 10 minutes. <laughs> I ran so fast and it was just wow. it was the best night.
1: Oh, that's nice. Remembering good times.
0: Yes, I do like remembering good times. But do you know what I like even more, Pete? Guess. I, making new memories. There and we go. To new friends. That's what I like even more. So I'm going to invite our first two guests into the stream here. Uh, they are both folks who are working on a comic called Staunch Ambition. Right now we have Brian E. Lau in the stream. Hey! And any second now, Ahalia Jones is going to be here the comic book Staunch Ambition that you created. Brian. How are you guys doing? So good, good. Yourself? Oh, Happy man. Star Wars Day. Bright. May the fourth be with you. Halia. Hello. Hey. How are you? Thanks Hi. for joining us.
3: Thanks for having us.
0: Oh, my gosh. Very excited to chat about this book. Uh, so, Brian, you wrote it. You created it. Halia, you did the music and appear on the cover for one of the issues. Is that right?
3: Yes. And I'm going to say right now it's pronounced Halia.
0: Halia, <laughs> i messed it up Brian it's told okay for I... the show and then i messed it up anyway
3: you know what <laughs> what's interesting pete got it right i think pete you got it right but it's yeah, it's pete. okay my whole life I've, I've had to i've had to deal with that so i never take it personally all you right, know, well, but sorry. just saying, <laughs> just wanted to get that out of the way. You Thank know? you. And I'll <laughs> anyway. also
0: mention, uh, I think you already know this big fan of your uh, shirt that you're wearing right now. We're big fans of lock and key. So, yeah, really yes. Uh, for those who don't know, and hopefully we'll have a little chance to talk about this afterwards, but uh, Halia, did I do it right? Halia. Halia. It's, it. like,
3: it's like a hard E. <laughs> it's like a little in there. Halia. Halia. Halia.
0: Okay. Aaliyah, yeah. Aaliyah uh, plays Eden on the show as well. Big fads, so that's awesome. Uh, but let's talk about the comic book first. Brian, Staunch Ambition, this is a wild book. There are so many things going on here, uh, from androids to exploding suns to fights in space. Where did the initial idea come from for this? What was the initial pitch?
2: Oh, geez. Well, it, it's kind of... Okay, so you guys are uh, geeks like me, so this actually right. started back in college with like nothing to do with the story now. Um, you remember the game champions mm-hmm. like dungeons and dragons role yeah, playing yeah. game for uh, superheroes. Mm-hmm. And I had a college assignment that I had to do a comic book cover for. So I just was uh, trying to figure out what, what should I do a comic book cover for, for this college assignment. And my, my brother and I played champions for a while. And they had these little sheets where you could just do like a mock-up of a character and he had this like simplistic design of a character. And so I took I took that design and did a just a cover of it. And then years later, I did this like real detailed drawing that you see on the preview issue. It's uh, there's two covers of the it's a flip book for the preview issue, and uh turned it into this like realistic sci-fi story. Um I tried to do it in college, but it was a little more. Yeah, that's the uh, Koi Fam cover, which is actually very comic booky. Yeah, but back in college, I tried to do. It was called Half Life, and I was gonna do it. It was gonna be, and it had a generic story. And you know, I got married, had kids, and and just never did it. Never worked out. And then years later, uh, the story would just keep coming at me, and it turned into this whole sci-fi, like realistic, more realistic, less superheroistic. Uh, version of our future so um over time it, i just kept building off of this one character azarus is the character's name and uh and then you know influenced by uh co-writing it with john mcnichol and then the uh, artist con- contributions it just turned to this epic sci-fi you know story so yeah. well uh,
0: it's really oh go ahead
1: I was just going to say, it's it's beautiful. And, and I mean this in the best way. It re- also kind of looks like this badass video game world that I want to live and play in. It's really mm-hmm. fantastic.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to shout out all of the uh, uh, talent. Okay, there you go on that page. At the top left is the black and white and uh, to yeah, yeah. The color of the original kind of like a uh, retro style of Azarus. When you get to the back cover, you'll see that I, you know, I tried to make it more fleshed out. These are some concept uh, drawings before the, the story. The the one space station, the Ambition, is uh, designed after a jellyfish. So you can <laughs> see some kind of uh, different uh, concept art there for the jellyfish. Um, there's a page from beginning to end concept. But, uh, yeah, this... The artist, I, I got Erwin Arosa, who's doing the pencils. Most all the pencils is magnificent. He also worked on my other book, uh, Inferno City Firehouse, which yeah. I'm not sure if you can see behind me here on the wall. There's uh, true stories about real Detroit firefighters. But Irwin Arosa is amazing. And then I had Neil Anderson and I've got um, Bunny from Art Oxio doing colors huh. and uh, covers from Freddie Williams II uh koi fam as i mentioned uh clayton crane so i got i got uh, a lot of amazing talent working on this book so that's a bill senkevich sketch of azarus there at the top right that's so cool uh
0: so halia how did you get involved in this specifically
3: um actually through a podcast um that i was doing an interview and uh brian was a part of it and after the podcast, Brian reached out to me and said that he was making this uh, comic book. And I had, I think, posted a sound one of my SoundCloud links to, I'm not 100% sure, it was like a while ago now. Um, and Brian really liked the music that I was making. Um, a lot of the music I make is very atmospheric and um, cinematic and so, uh, I think that kind of drew him into this idea of putting music to a comic book trailer. And I'm, uh, my main focus is acting, but I love making music and being a part of creative endeavors. So I took it on, and here we are. <laughs>
0: So, Brian, when you're looking for music then for a comic, and this is something we've talked about a lot here on the show before, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's not usually a lot of sound with comic books. (laughs) Uh, That's one of the things that's lacking. So Mm. how do you make that work? How do you jibe what is physically on the page, with what's sonically coming from the other side of the fence?
2: Was that to me? Um, Yeah, sure. I i don't know i i've always i'm like bare i tinker with melodies and that i'm not a musician i actually sent halea i can imagine halea's laughs i haven't i have, I
3: have, an, I have it, an answer for this i I,
2: <laughs> I play like i'm missing fingers on on the piano but i i ha- i'm a, like a frustrated musician i i love music and i've tinkered and i've composed some melodies so i always dreamed of like giving my music over and like producing it into some like serious music so i actually did that with a couple of the songs from uh, Elements of Cadence is one of the groups that did the, one of the songs for me and uh, Jason Connolly. They they took my melodies and uh, t- took them into places I could never put them. So, um, but uh, it's, I don't know, it's uh, like Halea is actually really nailing it with like she's getting into the lyrics. She's a perfectionist. She's a perfectionist. <laughs> and that's good. It's that's a good thing. Even
3: sometimes, though- yeah. Yeah. Um- so I actually have an answer for this, um, kind of, from just what I'm experiencing, because, you know, like, of course, music and comic books don't, anytime I ever say someone, to someone I'm, I'm making music for a comic book, they're like, it's like the dial tone in their head, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I said, no, the trailer, like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but when Brian was coming to me with this idea, um, there's this thing called splice.com where Uh, musicians upload a bunch of like samples and um, recordings and loops and different sounds and stuff and you can use it for a monthly membership you can use anything for free so I got Brian to actually sign on to my splice account and save a bunch of sounds that he liked and he felt connected Um, and then I went through and I started creating music based off of those sounds so I have one song like that and then the most recent song Um, I got him to actually send me a list of words that he felt described the comic book. Um, about 10 words. He asked for 10
2: and I, for each one (laughs) of the 10, I gave her like (laughs) different words.
3: Yeah. Um, but that was really helpful when it came to lyrics because I already had, like, I just, I found one sound where I was like, I feel like this relates to what I'm seeing. And when I make music... I kind of have like this internal like music video going in my head. Mm-hmm. And um, even for lock and key, like I had a whole playlist for Eden that every oh, single wow. day when I went on oh, to work, yeah, I have like all these songs that anytime I'd be listening to music and I heard a song that just felt like her, I would add it into her, felt like the show And there's actually some songs that I found that I sent in, and they were like, "Oh, we might just use this." Um, And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs)
4: Um,
3: "But yeah, I I would really, I really think that like music supervision is maybe something I'll go into at some point because I just, I don't have synesthesia per se. Like I don't see colors, but I see images and feelings and energy that could be created through music. So with um, all of the, the artwork, the beautiful, colorful, vibrant artwork that Ryan was sending me, I just wanted to do it justice with something that was really, had some depth, but also had the lyrical element that brought the listener who was looking at the trailer and the images that he's putting together and listening to the music would hear the lyrics and feel like they were a part of that moment um, in that world. So it's been an experience and a learning curve for me, too. It's been really fun.
0: Brian, on your end, and I guess I don't know exactly where this came in the process, but given that you now have these theme songs, you have these tracks that are playing along with the book, does that affect the process of how you're creating it all? Are you jamming out to the tunes at the same time when you're writing, when you're crafting the latest issue?
2: Yeah, I mean, it everything that contributes, uh, you know, has some kind of effect. I mean, like you know, the, the jellyfish space station had a you know certain design, but then when uh, Tyler Thaw came on and and he turned it into this like huge space station, so like the music and all that is connected. So um, I'm going to somewhere within this campaign, this Kickstarter campaign for this issue four. Uh, put together. Uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the trailers, but these, the, I would say that music fits perfect with comics because even though when you're reading the book, yeah, maybe you can, you can play it when you're listening to, or reading the book, obviously, but, um, and then I make it, it it's perfect to um, give to people when they buy the books and then use them for my trailers. So the goal is to make uh, the best trailer yet Um, with this next song that Halea is working on. So um, I'm going to be putting that out, hopefully within the middle of the campaign sometime. So, Well, to
0: that point, and we touched on this earlier, but we didn't actually mention it on the cast, is you have the Kickstarter for issue four just launched two days ago, I think, and is already doing Uh, pretty well. Four days, yeah. Four days. Um, But it's already doing pretty well. But what can people expect from the campaign? What are they going to get if they pledge the Kickstarter?
2: Well, they're going to get the double size issue four, which is the season finale for uh, season one. Um, And they're going to get a new song from uh, Halea. And uh, they're going to get exclusives. I always offer, uh, being an independent comic creator, I always want to offer people who support the Kickstarter something that no one else can get. So I always offered a limited numbered version of the book with a variant cover that's uh only for kickstarters so i have a few i, I have very few left of the uh, previous kickstarter exclusives we have a new exclusive with a cover uh, by uh, derek stevens and jeff von Booskirk. so those are numbered like i said and then uh, clayton crane and whatnot i had so um you you're going to be able to choose from the book i'm going to also offer now that this whole season one arc is finished i'm combining all the issues together and putting together a trade and remastering issues uh, zero through three so i mean i've been working on this and i just kind of jumped in and you know gung-ho and i think we've done a lot of great work but i've learned a lot through the years and 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 am working with a great editor this time around Stephen cole so uh we're remastering issues zero through three and, and even better i mean like so that's going to be sweet so you're going to get all the covers in there of course i say all this in my trailer so but the next trailer (laughs) i'm going to put out is going to be some you know uh, fun something fun with the uh, music and all that so there's a lot of good stuff on on the kickstarter to uh, check out and and you don't want to miss out on because you can only get it through kickstarter
0: uh Halea, you mentioned the music, but also you got drawn from one of the covers as well. You've obviously played a comic book character on t v but what it's what's it like going the other direction? What's it like being made into one?
3: so what's funny is that um Eden Hawkins isn't a comic character from the original lock and key books um if if you guys have read the books, there's one oh, character. We've read yeah. Yes. I went be, through we
0: where the characters actually in the
3: book. I love I love them. Um So and great. I'm not a big comic book person, no offense or anything, but like <laughs> I love them. I was like let's <laughs> I just went through them. Yeah, But really Jordan, great. do you remember Jordan? She mm-hmm. was like the hot girl at school that Tyler course, hit right. on all the time. Mm-hmm. Um I kind I kind of consider Eden to be a mix between Jordan and Kim Trofer, uh oh. Rendell's girlfriend. Yeah. Um yeah yeah so we do have a kim trofer um played by nicole james but Mm -hmm. um yeah so she's like this new creation so it was kind of cool to be you know an actual drawn character this time (laughs) with sunshine vision um which is just (laughs) super cool (laughs) um but yeah it's been it's been awesome like i mean being on set and creating It was actually kind of nice not to be a comic book character Uh, for Eden because no one was going into the show having any thoughts of what I would be like right which for season two there's a whole like (laughs) they unleashed the beast with this season like I'm I'm so excited for everyone to see it but um Yeah, it was it was cool. I feel like there'd be more pressure if she was a comic book character from before, like Kenzie or Tyler or Bodie, whoever. Um, but yeah, I had this like fun ability to just play and create and whatnot. I, so
2: actually, I, I think uh, Joe and uh, Gabrielle uh, saw Eden or Halia uh, drawn as uh, Riel, my character, and they're gonna add her to the books, and then, Ooh. then Netflix saw that and they're gonna mm-hmm. add you three guys into the show. <laughs> so, Amazing. And because Halia is gonna get uh Eden's gonna get the identity key <laughs>
3: and
2: into each one of your guys's characters. It's just gonna be a chain reaction. Yeah. Here
3: we go. It's all it's all manifestation, right?
2: Yeah. I mean to the
0: point you're making and this is spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Lock and Key, but it is such a great twist there at the end of the first season get like you're saying because we don't know her and we don't know what's going to happen yeah. as fans of the comic the fact that she is inhabited by this demon at the end it's a game changer like a completely spoiler alert for spoiler anyone who, who doesn't yeah. know it's, it's,
3: but it's if they changer. don't know yet they're they're slacking <laughs> it's
0: been on for a while
2: yeah, um, yeah. Congr- i want to say congratulations to leah for becoming a uh, main character or a uh, regular She's character regular. thank yeah. you yeah. Awesome.
3: thank you it's um It was it was really a dream come true. I have to say, like, um, I'm just gonna touch on this quickly. I was supposed to be like, just, you know, the hot side piece who came around and was popular and mean. Um, And what I love about this season, season two, is that Eden is more than that. And with women in the industry, it's so easy to get caught up in like, or, like, be cast as just like the hot side piece and just the popular mean girl. And I have to really give a huge thanks to the creators of Lock and Key at Netflix who, you know, trusted me in the process of, of building more than that and having fun with more of that and really um, expanding a character into someone who's like, Pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am very. I, I can't wait to. I'm sure we'll talk when the show comes out. If you guys want to, um. But Please. I yeah. I'm. They did an incredible job with season two. I'm. I'm really impressed with with the storyline they came up with. It looks beautiful. And wait. It's going to be yeah. exhilarating. It's going to. Can be we great. make a
2: prediction. I want to make a prediction. Yes, I, I sure, think sure. you're going to get control of the jukebox key and do some <laughs> wicked crap with it. That's my. Th- that's my thinking. <laughs> if I was the writer, if I wrote the season two, that would Rish be. Bad ass. <laughs> that would be some badass shit. I yeah. you
3: know I I would love to hear any more predictions. I'm obviously not going to give away anything. I know the
2: way you reacted to that.
3: Well, it's because it's so funny because if I was the writer too, I would do the same thing because, you know, that episode five music box key is just like, that was a scene and a half. And every time I talk to anyone about it, they bring that up and it was still one of the most fun scenes. But like, you know, if I was the writer too, I'd be like, yeah, let's, let's give her the key. So it might happen. It might not happen. There are other ways that Eden sure. has really like gained control and lost control in season two, and um, they've just they've definitely put more into her hands to to have some fun with. What gets into her hands, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, I really can't wait. We had uh, Joe Gabriel on the show a couple of weeks ago, and they basically gave the same level of hype just saying, oh, it knocks it out of the park, it's crazier, yeah. it's bigger. So that's mm-hmm. that's all we know about it, and that's kind of all yeah. I want to know because, uh, yeah. like I was saying yeah. before, it, having read the comic books so many times at this point, having lived with them for so long, it's exciting to get into this uncharted territory, so I really can't totally.
3: wait. Totally, and they did a really good job, I think, of... I mean, you know, Netflix goes pretty YA on things, so we don't have the blood and gore that the comic mm-hmm. books have. Like that may mm-hmm. go next level, you know. Uh Gabriel just did such an incredible job mm-hmm. of that. But um, you know, the second season they really they knew they know their audience this time. Um, so they they really stepped it up in different ways. Um a little bit darker, a little bit gorier, a little bit more interesting and fun. So, and like I said, it's just beautiful. Like if you just take it as a piece of cinematic creation, it's gorgeous. Everyone, the whole crew did an incredible job to bring it to life and really, really make it something I'm so, so, so proud to be a part of.
0: So Uh I'm very excited. I don't know how much you can speak to this. This is a question over on YouTube. Spy Josh says, do we have a time frame on season two?
3: I don't know. Um, Based on like the typical thing, you know, usually you film and then it, it gets post-production for another six months after because of COVID. I don't know if that's changed because this time, instead of five months, we were filming for eight months. So I don't, I don't know. I wish I could answer that, but I don't but even you know But
0: you're wrapped on season two at this point, right?
3: Yeah. So we wrapped on season two two weeks ago or so, and we just started oh. season three yesterday.
4: Yay. Oh, wow. All right. So no. that's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Man, yeah.
0: I can't wait. That's so cool. Before we let you guys go, though, Brian, just to give you a last little plug for the Kickstarter, how mm-hmm. long do people have to pledge? Uh, to pledge, excuse me.
2: Uh, it's just after, I think, what is the next holiday? Memorial day is there, or labor sure. day? I Memorial? remember how time works. Yes. Yeah. I time. can't remember either, but uh, June what? 2nd, I think you have until uh. June 2nd, but don't wait till then, even though, uh, they usually, they kickstarters do good at the end. Um, uh, June 2nd. So you got a little bit of time, but, uh, follow it go to the kickstarter i put a lot of work into it the videos I had. i got some other video i got a goofy video of my son and i uh kind of really silly but- fantastic
1: okay. and the music is, is really Thank such you. an amazing vibe for it uh, it's really impressive the music
2: as well so it's great Thank you. i'm loving the music i'm and and, and i halia I, she's kind but she uh, she's was perfect to uh contribute because her style is so a three a three o, or whatever how you pronounce it. It's like it's so beyond yeah. the physical. It takes you somewhere beyond. It's it, pronounced. It's pronounced Halea. That's <laughs> 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 Woo! Call back after a volcano. Love
3: that. I know. Perfect full circle moment. There thank you, go. Brian.
0: <laughs> thank you both so much for coming on the show. Uh, uh, Halea, will definitely have you. to have you back once season yeah. two hits and so we can talk more. Spoiler, I look
3: forward to it. Yeah, awesome. and Brian,
0: great, good luck with the Kickstarter. Thank you, guys. All Take right, care. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. There you go.
3: All, All
0: right. right. <laughs> once again, wow. that was Brian E. Lau and Halea Jones from I... uh, what. I was just going to say, I got to say, we get like music for stuff
1: and like, oh, this is for the comic, whatever. I was really impressed with uh, how awesome it was and also how like I listened to music before I read it and it really kind of fit, which was weird. I was like, oh, I get this. You're a reviewer for Pitchfork. Yeah, I know what Pitchfork is. Sure. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's a a farm review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Farm implements like Pitchforks and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Yeah.
0: Anyway, Staunch Ambition is on Kickstarter now. Issue four in particular. Go check it out. Check out the music, which is awesome. And uh, check out Lock and Key, first season on Netflix right now. And then also check out the comic book. It's cool, too. Yeah. And we, if you are listening for the first time, we weren't joking about it. We are actually in the comic book, both of us, yeah. as well as just one. Justin. of us
1: was a doctor. Guess which one? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Let's welcome our next guests into the stream here it's going to take a second for me to find them uh but here we go they are the creators of a book called the black ghost that came out from comiXology it has been collected by dark horse comics it's super awesome ladies and gentlemen monica gallagher and alex segura hello hey Hey guys hey monica
4: i know alex and i work together all the time we never see each other what's up (laughs) this is
0: what each other looks like
4: i know i forgot
0: i know Uh, So let's talk about The Black (laughs) Ghost. It's so cool, it's fun, and it's messed up in exactly the right ways. Uh, One of the things that I love about this book, if anybody hasn't picked it up, and then I'll turn it over to you guys for the actual pitch, is it seems like it's starting like a very specter, uh, noir, uh, very old-school, vigilante hero, and then almost immediately, in the first issue, it completely swerves and focuses instead on the Po- arguably the person who is worst suited to be a hero <laughs> ever uh what was the initial idea what was the initial pitch for this one
5: well monica and i had worked together on lethal lit the podcast and i think maybe i'm maybe she didn't feel the same way but we had such a good i thought we had a great rapport and like <laughs> what if she said yeah yeah, quit yeah that she's like screen?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we had a great time working on Lethal Lid, and we wanted, we, we both come from comics, so we wanted to collaborate on something. And um, I think we like telling stories about messed up people, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and
4: our Monica, last part I... was like YA, so we got to, it was like, well, let's have someone really messed up, like, <laughs> just do whatever we want. <laughs> well, what can you I,
0: I mean, the book's been out for a while, so I think we can talk about the first issue twist a little bit here. Um, but you start off with this hero, you have this reporter who's chasing after him, and at the end of the first issue, again, if you don't want spoilers, turn away, but uh, he dies in front of her, and she very slowly and very reluctantly, it seems like, over the first course of the five-issue first series, picks up that mantle, tries it out, messes it up a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was it like plotting out this story and tackling it?
4: Well... (laughs) One of the things I I loved about um, the idea and like, honestly, like Alex, it was it was mainly like Alex is always like the dogged reporter and like the cool like crime and like noir (laughs) aspect of it. But I really like like I loved one of the things I loved about the Marvel um, Daredevil show is that he would show up completely unprepared and out of breath for every fight. And you never (laughs) get to see that. Like you never get to see that beginning stage where they're like super awkward and nervous. And so I, I liked seeing her, she was like, I'm gonna do it. I don't know how I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna suck. So I thought that was something really cool to like actually explore for a while.
5: Like, her- yeah, and we want, I think we we wanted to blend a lot of, you know, the things we loved about superheroes, but also weave in things like from PI and crime fiction, like, you know, the idea of this really messed up protagonist, like Laura is, she's not the ideal superhero, but <laughs> You know, she steps up and it's about legacy and about stepping up and kind of digging yourself out of these holes and, and trying to uh, to do good. And, you know, how do you do good in the world? Um, but I, I love her. I think she's such a complicated character. And I'm not, I'm not saying that because we created her, but it's also she's not your typical like steel jawed hero, you know, and that was that was the twist. I'm glad it surprised you.
4: Yeah.
0: No, it's great, and it's fun reading her. Like you said, there are so many different things going on from the fact that she drinks too hard to she gets beaten yeah. up by criminals constantly <laughs> Pete likes the drinking too hard. Uh, to many other things. So when you're crafting an original character like this where where does it start? What quality did it start? And with?
1: also a uh, sub question, do you increase your drinking to like really get into the character?
4: <laughs> yeah, it's method. It's method writing.
5: Mm-hmm. I'm sure that' yeah, the research. Way I don't know, how how did this start? I think we we just, we knew we wanted to work together on something, and I think Laura just kind of came to be, we went back and forth on what we wanted to write, I guess.
4: Well, that's one of the best things about our collaboration is that it's, (laughs) it's usually just like the two of us like spouting stuff back and forth over and over again. And then like, like, what if she's like, what if she's terrible? What if she does this? What if she throws up all over everything? Like we just like
5: (laughs) bounce it back and forth. (laughs) I mean, we we knew we wanted to kind of tell that journey of not to spoil anything, but that journey of like realizing you might have a problem. You know, we wanted a we wanted a diverse lead. We didn't want it to be like your typical like Batman or Nightwing, which is no no diss on those books. We wanted it to just be someone that had no experience, but but could, you know, if she lived up to her potential could be a hero.
0: Now, as we're flipping through pages here on the live stream, uh, Alex, I know, of course, you're very familiar and comfortable in a noir world. What was it like mm. mixing this character into there? What changed in terms of how you were tackling noir when you were working with, I guess, Monica was saying that she was more comfortable with that side of things, the messing up side of things, while you were more comfortable with the <laughs> noir side of things?
5: Yeah. I mean, it was challenging because, you know, you start to love these characters and you almost start to feel bad for putting them in these really effed up situations. Like Laura, like after a while, I think she really gets put through the ringer and um, you know, it it was challenging because we wanted to honor, I think, superhero comics and have like those cool elements like the fictional city, the sidekick, the, uh, the legacy, but we wanted to flip it. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, tropes that we play with, like, you know, the legacy hero she takes over for the Black Ghost. She kind of has a sidekick in Ernesto. There's Creighton is kind of our Gotham City, but um, we definitely didn't want it to just feel like any other vigilante comic. So that's, that's, those are, we we tried to play with the elements of superheroes.
4: Yeah. And I loved having the, the classic noir um, superhero, like, you know, like the spirit was the Black Ghost and he was just so yeah. smooth and so perfect. And then immediately like messed up <laughs> and killed and then like there's a horrible alcoholic has to take over. It's like how how
5: like that's so much more realistic than so much Yeah. Time. One thing I was Yeah, we thinking. and we wanted to play okay. with the reality. Like what would happen if somebody really had to step into this role? Like she has some like physical training, but she's not like your typical Bruce Wayne type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't
4: look good on paper at all, but she was way more like <laughs>
5: She got the gig
4: (laughs) job than anyone would have expected.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One thing I was definitely to the point that you guys are making, thinking about while I was reading the book is what would any sane person do in this situation? And I think the answer is not do what she's doing. (laughs) Would, so how do you get her in a place where she is actually deciding to take that leap, decided to put on a costume or light elements of a costume,
5: um, which Again
0: spoilers, but again, it's been out for a while happens about halfway through the series.
5: Yeah, I think she just starts to feel the weight of responsibility. you know she she you know part of the journey isn't just becoming the black ghost, but it's also like realizing she's got this problem and she she has to kind of take ownership of her life uh, and not just like uh, let things affect her. Um, I think the arc of Laura was the most fun for me to, for us to work on. I think just showing her develop from page one to the last page
4: yeah and i mean like she was completely obsessed with the black ghost and she has nothing else going on and she feels like a failure so it makes sense that she'd just be like well, what have i got to lose like i'm already <laughs> you know i'm already messed up i'm already like screwing everything up like why not
5: <laughs> yeah and she's clearly like not in her best state of mind when she decides to step into this role but she then grows into it and realizes i can do some good here without spoiling yeah. the whole book but the, you know it's her it's her emotional arc as much as like the the superhero fun of it
0: so the first five issues came out from Comixology. Today, it's out from Dark Horse in print version, which is awesome. <laughs> Congratulations.
4: What? I don't even yeah. have that, Alex. I'm so jealous. <laughs> they printed one copy. Oh, man, and they one, yeah. you know? I still don't have
2: it. So oh, no. what,
0: what, if anything, is different then about releasing it on Comixology versus releasing a print version? Was there any change in terms of the format, in terms of the pacing, anything That had to change or is it really just the same book digital one place print the other
5: i mean it's pretty much the same book i think it's got it's uh it's it's a different reading experience i think you know it's a much more tactile thing it's it's also like not to get all not to put my like corporate hat on but it's it's going into different markets now you know now i I love the idea (laughs) here here um i love the idea that now you i can walk into a comic shop and see it or a bookstore and uh so I wish yeah, I had a sexier answer. No, <laughs> like, that's
4: fine. Like seeing it just like show up in like comic shops, especially during COVID. It's like you've been so out of touch with comic book shops. And now they're suddenly like, we got it. We got the book plates. It's so exciting.
5: Well, yeah, we signed like we signed like 2,000 book plates, which which was <laughs> wow. awesome. But now seeing the shops like tweet about it or post pictures, it's really amazing.
4: Alex's signature was very professional,
5: and mine was like a spire graph. It was like a bowl of
4: spaghetti.
5: (laughs) Mine, it's just like a – yeah, it's a scribble, but – no, yours was good. Mine is terrible. I'm a lefty, so my handwriting (laughs) is uh, not great.
0: I mean, Alex, not to keep your corporate hat on, but I am curious, because I think the last time we had you on the show was right at the beginning of the pandemic, talking about comic shops being shut down and things being in a very – Oh, yeah. Um, What has it been like from that corporate perspective, from – the comic business perspective now that things are starting to reopen in certain ways.
5: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the industry shut down basically for a month, you know, diamond stopped distributing books. And so the publishers had to kind of scramble. And I think thankfully things have gotten back to something closer to normalcy. You know, people are going into stores. The industry seems to be, You know, moving, uh, we've seen a lot of changes on the distributor level, like, you know, DC moving to Lunar, Marvel moving to Random House and, you know, later on. So I think that'll play out. But I think I think it's on the upswing, thankfully. So it's great that, you know, the virus is, you know, people are getting vaccinated. Things are moving, inching towards normalcy, which is always good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Now that you have the first volume out in print. It is marked as first volume are there plans for a second volume is there going to be another story in the black ghost saga
5: I think that's a great idea <laughs> <laughs> I assume that idea Yeah
3: that- Yeah no okay. we love
5: the character yes. I think uh you know I, I don't think Monica and I ever wrote it as a one and done thing uh and uh, I I want to we should shout out the rest of the team like the art hmm. George Kemedeus is fantastic now, I think he
4: uh, there, It was
5: a funny story have you told I don't know we were we lost our artist like at the last minute on the black ghost and then george mm-hmm. kind of stepped in like this angel that appeared and and just was perfect and like his, it's almost like we should have had him there from the beginning but he just fits, fit what we place. wanted <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just saved My our gosh. butts and was the perfect artist yeah
4: well he did cuz wow. he he gave it such like a like clean expression while still being like super noir and super shadowed and super like stark like he just i don't know
5: I never it's got an Animated it vibe, like, yeah. yeah it's like very yeah. like Batman vibe. It's very accessible.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean And exactly.
5: Ellie the colorist and Taylor is awesome. And, and Ellie, uh, yeah, our, Yeah, and Greg Lockhart are our, our leader, our fearless leader, and uh, like the guy that keeps it all going is is the best.
4: Well he's the one that sends us calendar advice and over and over and over again. So <laughs>
5: yeah. He's so much more responsible than we are. He
4: is.
0: I mean, as you were saying, for anybody who hasn't picked it up, uh, I think Batman the anime series is a really good touchstone for it, at least in terms of the look. Certainly it's a little cheekier uh, than the tone of that necessarily, but at least in terms of how it looks, it does have this very nice adult but animated feel to it which i thought was very cool um alex i do want to ask you about poe dameron Freefall because it is (laughs) star wars day and we'd be remiss if our star wars thing was a terrible star trek bit that i did right at the top of the show (laughs) yeah Uh, so you wrote a ya novel about poe dameron uh it's super fun it definitely really captures his voice really well uh but for anybody who hasn't picked it up uh, what is the idea there what's the elevator
5: pitch yeah I mean it's basically Poe's origin story you find uh, it's the story of how he leaves his home and uh sets out on this intergalactic journey he gets recruited not he doesn't know that they're spice runners, but he gets recruited in by this band of spice runners and it's it's his the beginning of his criminal career except he doesn't really know he's a criminal yet and uh Zori Bliss is in it. There's a lot of... uh, It's a crime novel in space. That's how I wrote it. And um, it's definitely YA. And as much as Lethal Lit was YA, we wrote it kind of the way we write our regular stories, too. But um, yeah, it's got a lot of fun cameos. Um, If you like noir, if you like Star Wars, if you like uh, Oscar Isaacs, it's got everything for you.
0: (laughs) What was it like writing a Star Wars novel in this period that hasn't necessarily been explored in the TV shows and movies? What were the limitations there, if
5: any? You know, it's funny because everyone always thinks that you go into these um, work for hire situations and it's just a mandate and you basically just write what they say. But the, the Star Wars crew, the story group, is really open to new ideas and new characters. So I got to throw in a lot of, you know, fun Easter eggs, create like the Spice Runner group, aside from Zori, were characters I got to create. and. Um, you know, it was fun to just add to the lore. So um, what I got the most out of was creating what the underworld was like or trying to kind of set up some structure to the underworld. So the, the kind of like organized crime nerd in me was having a great time figuring out like, well, this gang would do this and this gang is over here and the spice runners are this. So it's a lot of fun like underworld world building, if that's a thing.
4: Are there organized <laughs> crime nerds? I don't think I realize that.
5: <laughs> I may be the only one.
0: Yeah. There's one. That, uh, you know, one of the things yeah, that I think me, is kind of amazing <laughs> about Poe Dameron is, uh, and this is not necessarily slack in the movies, but kind of is like you, you don't get to see him much. You know, he doesn't get to do a whole lot over the course of honestly even three movies, maybe in the Last Jedi, but not necessarily. But he's gotten so much more time in the ancillary material, like your book, like Charles Soule's run on the great Poe Dameron comic as well. So, yeah. how much, how much did you pull from the movie versus? say those other materials or just things that you're creating whole cloth
5: i mean a lot of it i did a lot of research it's fun to even call it research i mean i read charles Soule's poe dameron stuff and obviously research. greg ruck yeah research yeah a shattered empire which deals mm-hmm. with post parents a lot and um you know i watch the movies again and so you plant those poles down and that tells you what you can do and then i filled in the rest with just what made sense and what you know, you wanted it to sound like Poe and feel like Poe, but not be Poe yet. So that's mm-hmm. the tricky thing. And Good YA is about like an emotional arc, like he's trying to discover himself. And so by the end of the book, without spoiling it, you know how he becomes the Poe that you see at the beginning of Force Awakens.
0: Cool. Nice. Uh, We actually got a question here for you, Alex, on Uh podcast from Jay Sinison. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about the, uh, I think you touched on this a little bit, but uh, can you talk a little bit about the process for pitching a novel based on licensed properties?
5: Yeah, that's, um, you know, it's not a pitching process so much as they reach out to you. They say, you know, we have this opportunity. So I always tell writers, like, have an established track record. Like, write a few books of your own, do your own, create your own work. It applies in comics, too. I think you you have to be in the trenches doing your own thing, and then then the IP holders will probably reach out and say, hey, would you want to try this kind of story, or an Archie story, or a Poe Dameron story? So um, it's less pitching. I think once you're established and you've written a few, you can go back and pitch, but it's more um, just kind of building your own resume first.
0: When are we going to see
5: Archie meets Poe Dameron? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh. Anything's possible. Stranger things have happened. I mean, Archie's yeah. met Kiss, so.
0: I mean, to that point, we'd probably see Archie meets the Moose Isley Cantina Band probably first, right? It would be, <laughs> it would be <laughs> the Archie. There, right? That would be awful. Yeah. Battle of the bands in space. Do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Love the Black Ghost. Everybody should go check oh, it out. Yes. And, hey, yes, may the 4th be with you. Thank you. you guys. See you guys. Yeah, it was great seeing you. All right. Uh, there we go. That was Monica Gallagher and Alex Segura from The Black Ghost. You can get all five issues on Comixology, or you can get it in print today from Dark Horse, also Podammer and Freefall. The novel is out everywhere in bookstores, so go check that out. And folks... Now we're going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience question. Yeah! What you drinking? What What you drinking? What you you drinking? But first, before we talk about what we're drinking, Pete, there is something else that we need to discuss. Are you ready? Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) We need to discuss that this week's podcast is brought to you by Earth Echo Foods and their superfood product, Cacao Bliss. (laughs) Cacao! And I should mention, I have, and this is true, I've really been enjoying drinking this stuff. I've been making mocha lattes almost every day with it. Well, that's, uh, you sound a little over-caffeinated. What? Who's over-caffeinated, Pete? Nobody's (laughs) over-caffeinated. Not me, I'm not over-caffeinated. So, the basics. They start with 100% organic cacao beans that blend them with turmeric, MCT uh-huh, uh, oil, sure, sure, coconut, sure. Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper.
1: I don't know why Himalayan sea salt sounds better than regulation mm-hmm. sea salt, but it does. It's because it's from mountains.
0: Ooh, it's true, yeah. and I'll tell you what it makes moms are very, delicious, very nicely spiced latte. Pete <laughs> and Cal Bliss will remove your cravings, facilitate weight loss, boost your energy, and reduce your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it's friendly to paleo, gluten free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. Wow! Well, I am sticking to an all latte diet right now. Uh, that is. That is my bad right there. And I have some great news for you. For the last eight years, Earth Echo Foods have been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. Want 15% off? Use the code MINUTE15. Check it out. EarthEchoFoods.com slash MinuteMedia. There we go. And now... From one drink to another, let's talk about what you're drinking. Pete, right. what are you drinking on this fine Star Wars day?
1: I think we s- seamlessly transitioned into that commercial. I don't think anyone <laughs> caught on at all. It was so You don't even smooth. know it's a commercial, Pete. Oh, um, I'm drinking, and this is not a commercial. Uh, I'm drinking uh, vodka and p- purple source Rex because I'm going to visit my parents uh, you know, for Mother's
0: Day, so I have to get my vodka tolerance back up. Uh, there's so much to unpack there right now. I don't even know what's going on, but that's nice to hear. Uh, I'm still finishing off my ballast point Sculpin uh, IPA yeah, variety sure. pack. It's good stuff. Uh, and also, I have a bunch of it because I got the second shot over the weekend and I was completely knocked out. So I did not drink for several days. Yeah. How like, knocked like out a hero. N- like were a you? American hero. <laughs> how did it really. Uh... Like, fuck you up? Like, what happened? No, honestly, it was not terrible. Like, I had one kind of rough day where I had a pretty bad headache, and I was a little nauseous, and I just napped most of the day, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. But I'd also expecting that cleared my docket completely so i was like i'm not doing anything um so well, was, you were just like here marnie take a bunch of money and just leave me
1: alone and good luck with the kids
0: yeah i was like here's 20 bucks uh thanks, <laughs> thanks for babysitting bucks. buy him a pizza and she was like i've been your wife for many years now so 20 is not bucks. you better give her and more money like, okay that. great call me if there are any problems oh man you're a great father <laughs> the best All right, we have a lot of questions piling up, so why don't we get into them? Uh, This is the first one from over on YouTube. Nelson Martinez says, what are you guys anticipating most from the MCU Phase 4 trailer? Ooh, this is a big deal. There were so many things. So many things. So many things that dropped. I'll tell you, first of all, if anybody didn't see this, this was a movies, they're back type thing from Marvel Studios, but they did it being like, it's worth the wait. Not only is they were really pushing the idea of going to the movie theater. Well they're They're like,
1: see you at the movies, you motherfuckers, you've taken time away from us (laughs) and we need you
0: go back How dare you back to the movies? We need your money. Overpaying for shit! (laughs) You can bring it, you can put it on your popcorn. Fucking sneak in (laughs) it! I'm scared to go back in the movie theaters, but I can't wait. I mean, that was the one that got me. I'm a complete sucker, and I felt I was bad at myself, honestly, about this. But seeing the Marvel one, every other one, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck you! I'm not going back to the movie theaters. How dare you? <laughs> but this is the one where I was like, all right, Marvel, whatever you want. I'll Are risk see my life. life. Okay, I don't care. okay, I'll go sleep out for Black Widow. I know it's a couple of months away. It's fine. I whatever you want. It. You showed the portals footage. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it really was very emotional the whole thing and it does let in all honesty marvel movies are probably the one thing that i'm like i need to see that in a movie theater where are you going you're not on camera at all me i uh i dumped my
1: drink uh oh. like in the first interview all the way across my uh desk and i'm slowly
0: trying to <laughs> oh, that's what the sparks are Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to, uh, yeah. All right, take care of it. I'll monologue about Marvel for a little while. Yeah, yeah, please. You're doing great. No problem. Uh, Yeah, there was the whole thing talking about the history of Marvel and everything and showing all the movies and reminding me, it completely got me. And again, I was very bad at myself for feeling something because they were manipulating us very specifically. And I was like, I know I'm being manipulated. But also, I don't care. Because, yes, the portal's footage, it's playing off an internet meme of constantly doing either the portals reaction or captain America finally picking up the old year reaction that gets passed around almost every day. And almost every day I stop and watch the clip of the theater reacting. Oh my God. It's like the Tom Holland umbrellas thing. You can't not watch it. You know, you know what I'm talking about?
5: I do know what you're
0: talking about. Every time it passes by. Uh, So Uh... it's great. And then they started teasing all this stuff. Again, I'm probably oh. mentioning things that people know, but they showed off new footage for Black Widow. Then they showed Shang-Chi footage. Then they showed off the first Eternals footage, and they were like, oh, but there's more. Oh, you get ready. Oh, yeah. you are not ready. Here we go. And I'm definitely going to forget one, but they went through all the upcoming movies. They showed off logos for Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed off logos for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which we knew were coming. They showed off a logo for Thor Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, And then they dropped more shit, including Black Panther. Wakanda Forever is the name of the sequel fucking
1: title. Do you know what I want for that movie? I want an hour and a half tribute to Chadwick Boseman, and then a half an hour to maybe like an hour of actual movie. That's what I want. (laughs) I mean, you're gonna get it. Like that's it is. I want to fucking cry
0: my fucking eyes off for like an hour and a half. And then give me some other things. That is 100%. I mean, not to spend too much time talking about a movie title, but that is exactly what they are perfectly saying with that movie title. you is fucking better. We are not going to forget Chadwick Boseman. Oh. And it killed me when I saw that. That was the thing. Oh. I was like, "Oh my heart! What is happening to my heart right now?" <laughs> no, like, so there was that, which is huge. And then the other thing, which was really interesting, riff uh, was Captain Marvel two was called the Marvels, yeah! and we already knew that it was going to be Captain Marvel. We knew Monica Rambeau was going to be in it. We knew Miss Marvel was going to be in it. But such a smart thing to reposition it as the Marvels, as this team. Did okay,
1: the S from yeah? Uh,
0: so very good. fun. Uh, so that's very exciting. They also, and I thought this was very funny. They showed the Fantastic Four logo at the end, which they had already mentioned they were doing Fantastic Four. Stop! No, super into it. Very excited. I want Are you logo. excited
1: about the yes! Fantastic Four movie? I am.
0: How Michael P. Jordan why are you? coming back. Miles Teller, coming back. No. I don't remember who played Sue Storm off-head. Coming back. No. Who played Thing? I don't remember. Coming back. Michael Chiklis Kate played Mara. it. Thank you, Kevin. Kate Mara played it. Michael Chiklis, coming back. No, the see. Fuser, Chris, I, uh, Chris Evans, coming back. How? Jessica Alba, coming back.
1: N- not possible. Ian
0: I... Gruffold, coming back <laughs> as Dr. Doom.
1: Uh, yeah, that was the one thing I was like, I don't stop... T-
0: let Fantastic Four just
1: rest for a little now, that's bit. that's great. Okay, the thing that was just... funny that I
0: wanted to mention, though, is people didn't realize it was Fantastic Four. They completely missed the announcement. You... And then when they saw the stylized four come up, they were like, I saw multiple people tweeting like, oh, shit. For a second there, I thought they were teasing Fantastic Four. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's, exactly what, that's exactly what yeah. they're teasing. doing. It's a number four. One yeah. Yeah. Did you think it was a sideways A for Drunk Avengers? (laughs) Drunk, I'd be into that. Drunk Avengers be fun. Thunderbolts, they're back. Drunk Avengers, they're back. Pet Avengers coming soon. Who knows? Who knows? So I don't think we've Uh, actually answered. This is all the information. What are you? What's your most anticipated one? I think I can predict it, Pete. What are you most excited about of the upcoming slate? You know. Wakanda Forever. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday spend. Oh, Wakanda Forever? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go.
1: Yeah. Which one are you most looking forward to? And I'm also uh very excited for the Marvels as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh man, it's tough. I I yeah. think Thor, Love, and Thunder probably. Yeah. That's great. I'm very it's excited gonna be, for that. That's going to be a wild time. And Volume 3, I also think is going to be a wild time. Yeah, I mean, not to get too into it, but like, I'm sure it'll be great. Volume 2 had some kind of dicey jokes in it.
1: Yeah. Which I, makes volume two nervous. was. nervous.
0: But, yeah, I think they, they'll do it right for 3. I mean, we're talking about I'm going to see all of these movies, right? Oh, so, yeah. in terms of anticipation level, I'm already going to see them. So, it's like what are my degrees from 100% anticipation to 98% anticipation, and how could we... And I'm you know, super geek that? for Shang-Chi as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, go to some questions over here. Uh, this is from Joe. With almost 30 years of lore and story behind it, why is it the Mortal Kombat movie can be held to a lower standard in regards to writing in comparison to many of the comic book movies we also watch and critique? <sighs> That's a good point. So do you want to go first, Pete? Because I have an answer for this one. Well, yeah, well, all right. Why don't you go first while I'm still gathering my thoughts on it? Yeah, sure. Well, I I actually honestly have been thinking about this quite a bit of like, why was I just fine with the Mortal Kombat movie with other things I've not? And I think part of it is judging the things by the things themselves. You know, and what I mean by that is for me, I understand what Joe is saying here, that there is 30 years of lore. But from my perspective, the 30 years of lore are occasionally going to the back of the pizza place, putting a quarter into Mortal Kombat, dying after the first fight and being like, I don't know what's going on here. And then watching Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation a bunch of times and thinking, these are stupid. I love them. And then watching this next movie and being like, this is stupid. I love this as well. So that's the level that I'm judging it at. It's not good. I'm not expecting it to be good. I don't feel tied to Raiden or Kato or any of these characters in any emotional way whatsoever. So really all I need from it is a certain level of thing. And I understand, and I think this is totally valid, every fan and every viewer is going to have different levels of those things they're going to need. That's part of the reason that criticism comes into play with these things. Sure. Um, I think it's, it's also
1: well first off we got mortal Kombat. i think it was like 95 which i don't care what anybody says is a fantastic fucking movie and um
0: it's based off
1: of video Best games movie of
0: 1995 right well i don't know i don't know about that you don't know just the to commit that to came. that and then i'll very quickly look up 1995 movie okay great great sure sure uh
1: you know it's based off a of video game which i think lowers expectations a little bit but like uh, Joe is right. I mean, there is. Uh, we should have a little bit of a higher standard um, for the movie because I watched the movie and it's like I wasn't like expecting anything or wanting anything. There were hopes and dreams that I had that it would have the tournament and uh, someone would yell Mortal Kombat and the song would play uh, and someone would say "Get over here!" That kind of fun stuff. But I think it's. Uh, uh it's interesting. Yeah, we do have lower expectations for for this property instead of it holding it in such like. and I'm sure there's people who like, you know, have it in higher regard than we do, but um yeah, it's it's kind of messed up that we we don't kind of like um get on them a little bit more for because it's been a couple
0: of movies that are like, "Oh, come on, what are we doing here?" I'll tell you what, also Pete, uh, you are getting away with it because 1995 was a very crappy year for movies You watch your mouth, that can't be true Uh, Here's what they got listed for 1995 popular movies Uh, Mm -hmm. And some of them are good, mind you, but the first one listed is Mortal Kombat Then Batman Forever, not a very good Batman movie Uh, Clueless, very good movie Mm -hmm. Species, Mm -hmm. arguably a fun movie to watch, but not a good movie Mm-hmm. uh it takes two which i think is your favorite mary kate and ashley movie right oh right 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. desperado oh that was a good one that was a good one was it hackers yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah mall rats you love mall rats. oh come on yeah i mean uh, that kid is back on the escalator ooh, what about powder powder came out that don't <laughs> <No. laughs> too long food thanks for everything julie newmar Oh, wait. Now we're actually getting into some okay movies. Welcome to the Dollhouse came out. That movie okay. is messed up. Uh, Seven came out. What's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, Heavyweights, Pete? Yeah. Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah. Casper? Billy Madison? No! Is that it? Right, t- g- the Penguin tell you to do this? Come on. that's that's. that's I'll, you know. I'll stop reading movies in a second. Uh, but the last- Carl, uh, oh, so good to see you. To Die For came out. That's a great movie. Right, Pete? It is. Nicole Kidman. It's awesome. Everybody should watch Divide to Die For. Dangerous yeah, Minds. Okay. And City of Lost Children, another great movie that everybody should watch. There you go. Hmm. Kevin says Toy Story, but I don't know. That wasn't on that Google list I just read. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, that smarter is... smarter than a Google list. This is from Nick Grayson. What is a classic Star Wars comic worth checking out, meaning before the prequels. Um, and Kevin says the obvious answer because it's correct. Eight for Aduba three. I don't know what that is as usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin coming out with a yeah. yeah. very smarter than, than uh, but I'll tell stuff. you one of the things that I always loved that I've talked about this a million times on the show, but great. Don't Why don't you
1: sure. talk it one more time?
0: Sure. I just assume people haven't listened to the hundreds of episodes mm-hmm. of this podcast that we've done. Um, But course do. What? Yeah, the hardcores. The real fans. Yeah. So uh, the, the Marvel Star Wars up. comics I used to love as a kid. And one of the yeah. things that I thought was so cool about them is they were coming out the same times of the movies. So yeah I think it was Empire Strikes Back where they were publishing the comic and then they stopped it for a few months to publish the official movie adaptation of Empire Strikes Back. And then that changed everything of the comic. And then it went forward from there affected by those changes and that just really stuck with me as a thing that i thought was just so neat cool there you go pete classic star wars comics
1: they're out there you know uh get into (laughs) them if you that's what you want to do
0: there you go that's advice from pop pete yeah okay uh oh here we go follow up what's a non-star wars tie-in comic you like more than you like the source material what i don't know if i can i have another very old answer for that great but i feel like you're gonna get mad at me for this but crawl dude don't are you gonna disrespect crawl right now i loved the comic book adaptation of crawl i've read it a million times i love the movie And then I tried to watch the movie and I was like, ah, this is so, what is happening? That's why I'm going to get mad at you. Yeah. This is terrible.
1: You hated the movie and I love the movie. I tried to, uh, you know, I tried to duct tape a bunch of of knives knives (laughs) together and make that cool ass throwing thing. Mm -hmm. The glaive. Yeah. That didn't go well with my parents.
0: Mm. Anyway, that's one. Do you have one other than crawl a movie adaptation or tie in that you liked better than the movie?
1: Hmm. Oh, oh. Um I tell you what. Uh the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics were better than any
0: of the, the movies, so uh I'm gonna say that that might be totally cheating. that's a little bit cheating, cheating a little bit. but that's all right. Uh this is a question from YouTube, uh from Stanley. When are you guys starting your in-person shows? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I was thinking about this today. We haven't were really you? discussed
1: that. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't discussed I don't, the how that's going to work, right? It's not no, but
0: pioneers is going to be opening. I think in a couple of weeks. Great. We'll see you at the bar. That's where we're doing our show mm-hmm. on the bar. Coyote ugly style. Yeah. I don't know, man. We might be doing this permanently. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yep. There you go. Uh, Pete, this is for what? you from Nick Grayson. Can you give us a rundown of your shelves behind you? Oh, lovely. And remember, this is also an audio podcast.
1: Okay. So, um, yeah. So we got comic graphic novels, and it kind of goes in tiers of kind of my favorites top, you know, like top shelf liquor, you know, my favorites till uh, least favorites. Uh, and then behind me are books that I've read that uh, uh, inspired or or spoke to me. And then on the bottom shelves, it's DVDs. And um, yeah, and then I got my Godzilla bank and my Billie Jean King signed tennis ball. And uh, the artwork, which I'm worried uh, that you can't really see, uh, is from Murder Falcon. And I cannot wait for our guest next week so I can totally
0: geek out about it. Yes, we are having Daniel Warren Johnson is going to be on the live show next week, and he's losing his mind.
1: I don't know how I'm going to like. Yeah, I yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, it's going to get weird. It's going to get weird, and I don't know how I'm going to control myself. <laughs> um, it's but be
0: like the Chris Farley. Yeah. Show. <laughs> oh yeah, basically. it's definitely yeah, yeah. Exciting! I'm to excited to see it. that happen to yeah. you. Uh, we got one last one from Hollywood Homer. So Abraham Riesman is coming on the podcast to talk about his Vince McMahon book, even though it's not about comics. Right? Right. Also, no, he's also not Shakespeare. The same Stan Lee effect on writing your name on everything. Wait, um, what? I'm not having... sure I get the second part. Homer, maybe you can clarify over in the comments here on Crowdcast. Uh, but in terms of Abe Reisman's uh, Vince McMahon book, he is in the very early stages on that.
1: Yeah, uh, I was going to uh, say, he just finished a huge book about Stanley. How is he already coming out with another book?
0: Uh, he's mean, working on it now. Yeah, he's, he's working he on it. finished the Stanley book a while ago and has been chipping away at the Vince McMahon book and doing research and interviews on that. So I think that's still probably a year or two off, I would guess at this point, but I don't know for sure. That guy is... we'll we'll have him on.
1: Yeah, that guy's hysterical and uh, a workhorse, man. All that, like, he really put in a ton of work for that Stan Lee book, and when we were talking to him, he looked, like, crazy stressed out about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, if you remember, when we interviewed him, he was about to throw up the entire time. Exactly, yeah. Because he was so scared to talk to us. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. We have a lot of questions here just before we wrap up this section, Pete, about the tennis ball behind you. What's going on with that? You're into tennis? and uh, you uh, tennis I'm, uh, I'm I'm not into tennis. I mean, I play it sometimes. You, you have know, a collectible like, signed tennis ball.
1: Would you give me a second All right. to kind of get there? Uh, I'm not into uh, tennis so much. I do play it for exercise and make up my own rules uh, when playing tennis, but... Uh, Billie Jean King is a badass, and um, when I got a chance to uh, meet her, I uh, had her sign a tennis ball, and it was a magical moment uh, at a U.S. Open. So uh, that I just happened to like get tickets through a friend of a friend because it's in New York and stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh, not a not I don't really watch tennis, but
0: I know who Billie Jean King is, and uh, so yeah. All right, there we go. And folks, we're going to move over to our next section for more trivia that Pete's knows trivia.
1: Oof, let's see if my phone turns on. Oh, that
0: would this be great. Is,
1: this would be exciting. Put it in some
0: rice, Pete.
1: Yeah, there's no time rice. for that.
0: So if you want to do trivia while Pete is figuring out if his phone is working, just say hey or me or hand up or anything like that, and we will welcome you into the stream and you All will right. win $25 to Midtown Comics because that's how it works. Ooh, we got Kevin here. Kevin oh, come Kevin, on?
1: yeah.
0: Uh-oh. Uh oh. We, ha-
1: we have to have Kevin for back now. for a new. Yeah, for, it's, this is. I don't been... know if we. Oh, Cow it's Kevin's
0: we're... birthday tomorrow?
1: Ooh.
0: There we go. Happy birthday. I wonder if Kevin. Kevin's going to be Kevin or if he's going to be a hand puppet. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, so, for those of you who haven't tuned into the show in a while, <laughs> Kevin runs his own quiz on the show. Hey, Kevin, oh. how are you doing?
6: Uh, all right, I uh, did have a couple puppets available uh, since there are only three of us on. Uh, you know, we're getting the the vertical windows. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, see what we got. Yeah, know, people would
1: Yeah, of course. So,
6: so the first puppet I bought was a hedgehog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very aw. cute, adorable. <laughs> in uh, November of twenty three for a uh, Doctor Who related sketch. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: And oops, I later bought. This one, Dark Lord Cthulhu. <laughs> and believe it or not, I have done Puppet 2 Prov with these two. I,
1: I believe oh. that. I believe that. I believe it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kevin, happy early birthday. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You mind? Uh, You're going to be uh, 21 <laughs> this year? What? Are you excited to have yes. your first? Yes, I am.
6: Yes, yeah. I Oh, uh, I did want to say... Um, I don't want to do the trivia for me. I want to give the $25 to somebody in the chat who I know has never wanted to do trivia. So has not been able to get the $25 for herself. So I want to donate the $25 to Aaron. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Great. That's very nice. All right. So you're
6: playing. Hopefully you win.
0: And then Aaron gets the, also uh, we should mention, you have your own trivia quiz that we're about halfway through. I think we'll wait until Justin is here Yeah, once we're
1: Justin's back, you know, because we need all three of us.
0: I mean, I think, like, Pete and I know all the answers here, but we want to make Justin feel like he knows the answers. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so here
1: here we go. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Peter Mayhew, R.I.P. Chewy. Here we go. Please listen to all three possible answers before making your selection. Question number one. What did Marvel say is the new upcoming X-Men event? Is it A, Hellfire Gala, B, Island Dating Apps, or C, Warwick Davis? So it's either A, and you can win $25, or you could pick something else and not win. I'm going to go with A. A is correct. Here we go, Aaron. So much closer to your prize. Question number two. DC teamed up with what fine art star for two Batman covers? Is it A, Keith Haring, B, David Cho, or C, Harrison Ford? So it's either B or you're an asshole. I'm
6: gonna go with B. Oh, by the way, also to answer your earlier question, 8 for Aduba 3 was the uh, storyline from the original Marvel Star Wars comic that introduced
1: Jackson. Oops. Uh, that is go. a good one. Nice. Looks a little bit like Captain Bucky O'Hare there. Alright, here we go. Last one. Gail Simone. You're the first person to ever make that comparison. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Last one. Gail Simone talked on Twitter about an idea she had for Princess Leia. Was it... A, Princess Leia in endo commando gear with an army of wookies, or was it B, Princess Leia piloting the Millennium Falcon, or is it C, Frank Oz? So it's either A, or you could pick B, or you could pick C, or you could pick well, A. As much as I as much as B would also be
6: fantastic. Yes, yeah, it's got to be A, the army of wookies. And I'm, I'm thinking
1: you're going with uh, Return of the Jedi? uh, Return of the Ewok. Close!
0: Oh. <laughs> I got him! All right, yeah. Well, I mean, and-
1: given that everybody was also in... That's true. I know. I'm trying to put you on your toes, Kevin, because you're one step ahead of me all the time. And I'm like, get out of my head. So I got you with the famous 1982 video short, The Return of the Ewok.
0: You're making that up. Nope. Well, Kevin, congratulations! You have won twenty five dollars at Midtown Comics for right. Aaron, which is awesome. Yeah. Happy early birthday to you! Yeah, Glad man. You for coming on, and uh, enjoy your puppet. Yeah, take care of yourself. Thanks a lot. Great team. All right, it. there we go. Uh, Kevin As- looks
1: not a day over twenty five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how old now you- you're starting to get a little dicey with this bit all right let's uh, talk about new comic book week because comics come out all the time mm-hmm, Pete mm-hmm. what are you looking forward to that's coming out tomorrow okay well uh, the name of the comic is called the good Asian number
1: one and mm-hmm. I know it's weird for me to say that um but that's the name of the comic and uh it is very amazing in a lot of different
0: ways and uh yeah
1: i I'm I'm very excited about
0: it. Yeah, this is. We're going to be talking about more of this in the Stack podcast. I hope so. Wednesday at 9 a.m. from Image Comics. Uh, But this is a new noir comic that takes a more realistic look at the time period when you would see, say, a Charlie Chan film or something like that. Um, And it's pretty phenomenally done. Uh, We'll be talking about that. Uh, I, on the Star Wars day, I'll kick off this one. Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha from Marvel is coming out. Written by Charles Soule. Art by Steve McNiven. This is kicking off a big cross-title Star Wars event. Yeah, it's a great team writing a fun Star Wars book, so that's super fun. We'll be talking about that one. Maybe. Maybe. We Maybe. don't know. Who even knows? We haven't figured out, out the stat. We're taking live yeah. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. As everybody yeah, knows. sure, sure, yeah. But folks... That is it for our show. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. A couple of people in particular to thank before we go. We want to thank Brian Elau and Halia Jones for coming out and talking about Staunch Ambition. Also check out Lock and Key on Netflix. Alex Segura and Monica Gallagher from The Black Ghost. You can get five issues from Coxology or at Dark Horse. Poe Dameron, Free Fall, the double is out as well next week on the show. Olivia Quarto Briggs is going to be here to talk about Similar City. And Daniel Warren Johnson is going to be here to talk about Myrtle Falcon and Beta Ray Bill. We have a lot of other podcasts you can check out as well. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, is running right now. We're doing a look back at Phase 1. That is only... In the marvel vision feed so if you want to get our thoughts on iron man coming up incredible hulk some special guests we're going to have some weird surprises we've found from the archives as well uh go subscribe to the marvel vision feed to check out those episodes. Podvincible, our Invincible podcast just wrapped up season one. That was a lot of fun to talk about. Sure Riverdale After Dark, or Riverdale podcast. We're doing a couple of special episodes. We're going to be taping another one this week, so that's going to be rolling out very soon. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support the show and all the other shows we do. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time. Good
1: night. Woohoo! Justin, we hope you make it out of the woods.